Welcome to the Declaration Podcast. We want to thank you for joining us. We pray that today's message encourages you and blesses you. If you'd like to connect with us, please visit us at declaration.org. Well, hello again. Let's try it again one more time. Hello. Hey, that's much better. Hey, thank you so much. She's so pretty. I know. I know you're thinking like, how in the world, Aaron? I prayed a lot. So guys, if you're single, start praying. It'll pay off. Um, so I, I got to tell you this <clears throat> because I heard a bunch of people laughing and they're, they are funny. Shane and Travis, excuse me for just one moment. My first week at Declaration, they send us to the Grow Conference, me and those two guys. <laughs> Listen, we get to the airport, and in the airport, I'm like, boom, let's go, right? Get to the gate, get there, get your stuff, you're ready to go, okay? And I'm with those two guys. I don't know if you, no, listen, I'm, I'm 41. At the time I was 40, okay? They're like 30, okay? But I don't know if you've ever had two younger guys walk behind you and yell really loud and refer to you as dad or daddy <laughs> the whole way to Birmingham. I'm sitting in the TSA line, dad, dad, daddy, can we, can we go there? Can we, can we do, oh my God, I ignored them. And then I told the TSA guys they were messing with some bags somewhere. And I didn't do that part. I'm just kidding. Anyways, I'm so sorry. My, my, my voice is really uh, dry. So we are in a series called First Things First. If you have not heard this series, please go back and listen to them. You can get them on YouTube. Uh, we've got links on the website, all those things. Please go back and listen to them. It's a series that we took out of Haggai um, and it's two chapters. So you can read Haggai, it won't take you long, it's two chapters. And, and we, we've spent four weeks so far in Haggai, now a fifth. But there's a reason why I really believe that this book is a right now word for declaration, but also the body of Christ. So um, essentially, Haggai, the, the book goes like this. God is giving uh, Israel words, and the words are, consider your ways. Consider your, way, consider your ways. Consider this. Think about this. Okay, that's, that's really the whole book. God is saying, hey, you guys are, I need you to rebuild the temple because the temple looks not good because you guys have been doing other things instead of taking care of my stuff. And now it's in, now it's in trouble and it's in trouble because you aren't doing what you're supposed to be doing. So I need you to consider your ways. And then God goes on to say, you've been working hard but you don't have the fruit that you should have or the fruit that I want to give you by, uh, based on your work because, God says, I've withheld it from you. Why? Because you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. That seems really harsh, 
but it's true. It's kind of true. We, especially in the American culture, um, we have a very consumeristic lifestyle. It's a, it's a consumeristic, it's, it's, a, it's a culture based on consumerism. What is in it for me? How much is it going to cost? I need to go out and work so I can get money so that I can buy things because the more things that I have, the better my life's going to be and the more fun. How many of y'all know that's not true? The more stuff you have, it doesn't make you happier. It doesn't make you joy-filled. Okay? Um, there's many other things. I'm just going to stick right there because uh, Haggai talks a lot about money, silver and gold. So we did that for four weeks. Again, I really recommend you go back and listen to all four weeks because we hit it pretty strong. Pastor John hits it very strong. Consider your ways, consider your ways. So here's my question to all of us. Have we? Have we considered our ways? Last week, he put up a graphic. I'm not gonna put it up right now, but he put up a graphic on, on a, an average 70-year life that they... That they uh, Somebody went in and, and looked at how much time you use for each, for each thing. Sleep, eating, working, religion is what they called it. I used to do this with, um, with uh, young adults um, <clears throat> and regular adults. Come up with the three main priorities in your life. Inevitably, if you're a believer, it's going to be God, family, and work. Or uh, uh, God, family, and then maybe relationships, depending on you know, who, who you are and if you have friendships and, and that's the most important thing to you. But God, family and something else, typically. And then I say, okay, now on per week, uh, and you can do this at home, per week, put the amount of time you spend working on each one of those things. And inevitably, it's reversed. Almost always. God, family, work. We work 40 hours a week. We spend time working on our families a little bit less than that. And then God, we come, to, we come to church on Sunday. Maybe we do something during the week. Inevitably, it's reversed. So my question to us this morning is, have we considered? Have we sat down at work? Okay, don't do it at work. At home and wrote and, and actually written down what we spend our time. Have we done that? No. I have not. I will confess to you. I think about it, but have I actually written? Nope. I'm being honest with you so that you can be honest with me. I don't need you to answer, but I'm, I'm letting you know. I've come to church. I've heard, I've helped with the messaging and I still haven't. So I really want today to be about taking that next step, which is what you're going to hear in small groups a lot. Everybody with me so far? Have we considered now, if you have, congratulations, you are, I was going to say an overachiever, but really you're just doing what you're supposed to have done. So you're an achiever, okay? <clears throat> but we need to do this. Here's why. Today's message, the other four could all have been titled, Consider Something. Today's message is titled, Time to Choose. That is where we are. I was thinking about this illustration and then I didn't say anything to John one day in the office and he comes in and, and, and I said, well, I'm thinking about doing this. I think this is where we're headed. He said, yeah, I think you're right because Jesus has drawn a line in the sand. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's what I saw this morning. Jesus has drawn a line in the sand and saying, all right, church, if you're my people, are you in or aren't you? Are you ready to abandon 
what it is that I've asked you to abandon? And are you ready to turn to what I've asked you to turn to, which is him? Okay. <clears throat> Sorry. Take it, redeem the time while I'm looking. Five times in Haggai, uh, God tells us to consider our ways. I just want to touch on this real quick. Five times. The two times he's saying, hey, consider how you've been acting. And, and then the other times it is, okay, consider now what I want to do. Okay. God, God comes to us and says, hey, this is what I need from you. And he always follows it up with, here's what you're going to get. Now, I know we're not supposed to do things to get things in the Christian walk. But, and I know I just erased everything I said. King David, the man after God's own heart, facing Goliath, two times asked, hey, the guy who kills this guy, what does he get? Oh, he gets money and he gets the king's daughter. Okay. He asked it once and then he, he followed it up with, whoa, 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 wait. So the guy that kills him gets, gets what again? And, it, and, and he follows it up with, well, then who is this uncircumcised Philistine? And why is he blaspheming my God? He turned it just like that. Uh, any 16-year-olds in the room? Boys, 16-year-old boys. 14? 15. Right back there. All right. Right there. How old are you? 15. Can you stand up? That's about how old David was when he killed Goliath. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> Go slay some giants, man. Do it. <clears throat> 14, 15, 16, somewhere along in there. That's how old David was. Why? Because he had killed a lion and he killed a bear. Guess what? When he killed a lion and he killed a bear, he was younger than him. My kid's nine. I won't even let him cross the street. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> so it's time to choose. God is saying, consider your ways. Look at them. Look, look at where you've been. Look at where you are. Look at where I want to take you. This is a house of miracles. But I can't just give that to you. I can't, son, I know, I know you want to drive, but you're, you're eight. I can't give you the keys to my truck because you'll kill people. You'll hurt them. It'll be way worse. So there's got to be some maturity. So we're, we're uh, it's time to choose. We are entering into a time of accountability. We're there. It's a time of accountability. Here's what I mean. God is going to start pouring out thoughts and questions in all of our minds as we talk to each other, again, in small groups, in life in general, where we're going to start calling out what's in other people. See, accountability is not where you walk and you go and you confess all your sins. That's confession. That's not accountability. Accountability is you are in a friendship or relationship with someone and you disclose to them, God's asking me to do this and I don't know how to do it. And the other person says, what can we do? What can you do? What, is, what do you think he's asking you to do? Well, I think this, okay, go do that. And next week, did you do that? Well, no, I got, okay, I don't, I don't, I'm not worried about how busy you got. 
I'm not worried about where you fell. I'm not worried about where you're struggling. Okay, we are. Okay, hear me. But you're, you're called to do this. Let's do this. I'm just going to go there. So I, last night, I got this illustration, and I don't know if this will mean anything to anybody in the room, and there's probably a few people in here that know this much better than me. But uh, I used to love fighter planes and, and military aircraft, and there's one called the SR-71. The SR-71 is now retired, okay? They don't, they don't use it anymore. Um, it was the fastest plane in the world. And I think if Google's right, it still is the fastest plane in the world, but I could be wrong um, because Google would be wrong. But the SR-71 was the fastest plane in the world. It was created to get reconnaissance, to go out and figure out what the Russians were doing in China and all those other people, you know, whatever, whatever the military wants to do. But it was made so super fast so that it could outrun planes and missiles. <clears throat> when it's sitting on the runway it leaks fuel, all of them. That's how they made it. They made it so that it leaks fuel on the runway. Why? Because it's built to fly high and super fast, which causes a lot of heat, which makes the metal expand, which makes it stop leaking fuel. Many of us are leaking fuel because we're not flying where we're supposed to be flying. And we're not flying at the speed we're supposed to be flying. We're too busy taxiing and figuring out little bitty things rather than going, I was created for this. I've got to get there. I think God's asking me to do this. Okay, then what can we do? How do we, how do we get you there? This is, this is small groups. This is Christian. This is discipleship. This is iron sharpening iron. How do we get you there? Okay, I think, I think we do this. Great. Well, what about you? What's God asking you to do? Well, he's just asking me to hold you accountable. No, he's not. This is regular life. This is what you're supposed to do. What's he asking you to do? Well, I don't know. Then let's pray. Let's figure out what that is. And then I'm going to call that out of you and you're going to call it out of me and we're going to be amazing. And there's no calling that's better than another. It's just different. Everybody hear that? There's no calling that's better than another, just different. So you don't need a platform. You don't need a, a musical instrument unless God says you need a platform or you need a musical instrument. Way off my notes. It's okay. It's what we do here. Um, Travis is running my slides, man. I'm sorry, dude. <clears throat> time is it? Oh, who cares? <laughs> okay, let's go to Haggai chapter two. On the 21st day of the seventh month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Speak to Zerubbabel or Zerubbabel, son of that guy, governor of Judah, to the high priest Joshua, son of that guy, and to the remnant of the people. Who is left among you who saw this house in its former glory? How does it look to you now? Doesn't it seem to you like nothing by comparison? Even so, be strong, Zerubbabel. This is, this is the Lord's declaration. By the way, I'm reading in the CSB, and I love it because 
It always says this is the Lord's declaration. And every time I put a capital D on it and I put it on this church, this is the Lord's declaration. It's just me. Love that. Be strong, Joshua, son of, again, that guy, high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land. This is the Lord's declaration. Okay, now he's speaking. Work, for I am with you. He didn't say work so that I can be with you. He said, I'm with you. Work. You work because he's with us. It's, we're not trying to earn salvation. We're not trying to earn his affection. We're not trying to earn the supernatural. We go do that stuff because he's with us. Look at this. For I'm with you. The declaration of the Lord of armies. I love how it, it some translations say Lord of hosts. Hosts just means armies. That's all it means. Lord of armies. This is the promise I made to you when you came out of Egypt and my spirit is present among you. Don't be afraid. Okay, I want to back you up to last year. Do you guys know how many times we preached out of Numbers 13 and 14, which is when the Israelites are go, about to go into the promised land? They had just left Egypt and they're about to go in the promised land. Five times we did that last year. Five times. It was a lot, but every time it fit and there was something else that the Lord was saying. We are here. We are, we are, I think we're past the Red Sea. I think we're at the River Jordan. That's my personal belief. What does that mean? That means the promised land's right on the other side. We just got to get wet and get out there and go. And we got to work. You see, in the wilderness, everything was given to Israel. Everything that they needed was provided for them. Now, the same is true in the promised land, except in the promised land, they had to go fight. They had to go take the land. In the wilderness, they were protected. In the promised land, they had to go. And he said, my spirit is with you. Don't be afraid. Why does God say don't be afraid? Because you have every natural reason to be afraid. That's true. You have every natural reason to be afraid. And he says, my spirit is with you. Don't be afraid. So you have the only reason that can trump the natural reasons to not be afraid. So we don't need to be afraid. Verses like, Every weapon formed against you won't prosper. That should be a real thing for us, but we don't believe that. Sorry. That should be a real thing for me, but I don't believe that. God is with me. He can do anything. These things are the things that should be real. Well, I don't know how to make them real. We walk as though they are. You know, when we pray for, when, when people come to you and they have problems, we we, we go to God. We go to God on their behalf. It doesn't need some, we don't need, you don't need to know exactly what to say. God already knows. All he wants is two people to agree on it. And if it says, when you pray, if you believe that you have it, you will. How many of us beg God to do what we don't believe? But he's saying, just pray and believe. It's time to choose. It's time to choose how we're going to live. It's time to choose, are we going to walk as the world walks? Even though we know, okay, we know God is, God is real and, and, and he has done everything. Oh, but a lot of the world does believe in God, but they don't walk as though they believe it. It's time to choose. It's time to, I don't know else to say it. It's time to, to trim away the fat, get rid of everything that is not good and put our full focus on God. 
It's the only time we will have complete fulfillment in life. Does that mean it'll be smooth sailing? Absolutely not. Jesus promised trials will come. Tribulation will be there. It's going to happen. It's going to be rough. Um, Twenty twenty was hard, right? It's okay. We can. I know. No, God did everything, and He's doing everything, and it's, we know where it's all kumbaya. Twenty twenty was hard. It was hard. Do what? Yeah, twenty twenty had a lot of man-made stuff in it, but I believe God allowed it. I believe He allowed it so that we could consider our ways. I think it was just a taste of what's coming. Here's what I mean by that. I don't mean it's going to get harder. I mean the world's going to get crazier. Doesn't take a prophet to say that. You can read the book of Revelation and see. We got some, we got some things coming. Okay. Now, I'm not going to get into whether or not we're, we're, we're going to be here for that. I, I'm not talking about that. I'm saying today, in this moment, regardless of what's going on in the world, we can have joy, peace, and love, and kindness, gentleness, and the rest. <laughs> I always leave one out, so I just stop there. <clears throat> we can have that in this moment. We can have that no matter what the world's doing. We can have, but it's time to choose. It's time to choose. Are we going, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm being clear or maybe the Lord's handling it, but I'm just going to, I'm going to do it real. That's okay. My timer keeps restarting. Am I that late? Okay. Who cares? Um, There's people that walk in this room every week in bondage, in chains, hurting, scared, riddled with anxiety, and they walk out the same way. That is unacceptable to me. Amen. Finally, that is unacceptable to me. Amen. And it should be unacceptable to all of us. Because the Holy Spirit gives the fruit of the Spirit. And worry and anxiety and chains and bondage are nowhere in that list. Those are in the fruit of the flesh list. If we're living according to the world, which is demonic and twisted. You guys remember Peter? Jesus says, uh, uh, guess what guys, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going to die. And Peter, who, by the way, had just nailed Jesus' question. I mean, just hit it out of the park. Perfect. You are the son of God. That's what he said. And then Jesus says, uh, okay, well, I have to go. I'm going to go die. I've got to give my life. And Peter says, may it never be. That's an amazing, nice, sweet thing, right? Declaring it. What did Jesus say? Get behind me, Satan. Your mind is not on the things of God, but on the things of this world or on the things of man. We've got to get, it's time to choose. 
It's time to look at what what we're doing and make the choice because the line is drawn in the sand and God is about to pour his spirit out in ways we've never seen before, but we may have heard about or read about in the Bible, but it's going to be even better than that because that's what he says. Later on, you'll see him say the glory of this house is greater than it used to be. It will be greater. So it's time to choose. Listen, I'm going to read some verses. I'm going to go fast, Travis. So good luck. I believe this is prophetic for now. For the Lord of armies say this once more in a little while, once more in a little while, I'm going to shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. This is God speaking. I'm going to shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. We had 22 hurricanes last year. I mean, oh my gosh. I will shake all the nations so that the treasures of all the nations will come and I will fill this house with glory. Says the Lord of armies. Here we go. The silver and gold belong to me. If you need money, he's got it all, is what he's saying. And he'll give you what you need. He may not give you your Maserati, but he'll give you a car that'll get you to work and back. One that, you know, doesn't cost an arm and leg to work on, but maybe one that you can really afford and enjoy life. Or maybe he wants you to have a Maserati. I mean, he can do that too. The final glory of this house will be greater than the first. Remember, he's talking about his temple, but we are his temple, his people. The final glory of this house, my people will be greater than the first. I will provide peace in this place. Come on now. If you are right now, if you are in this moment, let's just do this. If you're in this moment and you have worries when you came in and maybe you still have them right now. And as I'm talking, things are coming to mind. Let's just do this. Holy Spirit, would you just release peace right now over every mind? Would you bring the peace that surpasses all understanding? And if you need to spend some time with the Lord right there, you do it. I will continue. I'm going to jump down to verse 20. The word of the Lord came to Haggai a second time on the 24th day of the month. Speak to Zerubbabel, governor of Judah. Here we go. I am going to shake the heavens and the earth. I will overturn royal thrones and destroy the power of the Gentile kingdoms. I will overturn chariots and their riders. Horses and their riders will fall, each by his brother's sword. Here's what I believe we're going to see. I believe we're going to see real chaos in the world. I believe we're going to see a lot of confusion in the world. People are just going to start turning on each other and you're like, oh my gosh, what are you guys thinking? Like you were on the same side and now you're not. You're just fighting to fight. I believe God's going to release a spirit of confusion. That's what I believe. And, and that's, that's biblical too. <clears throat> Here we go. We're going to wrap it up. Have you considered? If you haven't considered, let's do it today. You can hold me accountable. Okay? Have you considered? If you have, it's time to choose. If you haven't, go home, consider, and choose. Am I really? Because it's going to cost you. There's a cost. The cost is everything. You have to lay down your life. Jesus says, unless you hate your father, your mother, your spouse, 
your kids, even your own life, you can't be my disciple. That's Jesus. That's in red. He said that, not me. What does that mean? We have to choose God first before anybody else. And if we do that, everything else comes into alignment. And he gives us the life that we were created to live. And when we do that, now all of a sudden we're a plane flying up where we're supposed to be flying and we're not leaking fuel. We're not getting, we're, we're, not, we're not using energy in all the wrong places. We're actually using energy where we're supposed to and we come alive. So it could cost you time, your wants and your desires, money, relationships. It will cost you anything and everything if you choose. It will cost you anything and everything that's getting in the way of you being in God's will for your life. All of it. And stress and worry and everything will go away. The world will bring it back. And you can say, nah, my God's got that. I don't, I don't need that today. Not today, Satan. Right? Because the Holy Spirit brings peace. Why? Because we're in a world that doesn't have peace. So of course it looks like it's going to be chaos. Of course it looks like it's going to be hard. Of course it's going to look like it doesn't, it's not going to work out. Of course it is. Because it's the world. It opposes God. So just because we feel like we have worry just because it, we feel like we're afraid. Just because we feel, listen, we're not feelers, we're believers. We believe, we step into that. It's time to choose. It really is time, it, it's time to choose. And if you go home and you lay it out and you're like, well, I don't, I don't know of anything else. I think I've already chosen. Sweet, help us, help each other. Choose. Is this okay? We good? So I want to talk to you real briefly. The job of the church, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, the job of those guys is to train and equip. We train and equip, and then we all, okay, not just you guys, we all, go out and do the work of service. So you get trained and equipped on how to do the work, then you go out and you work. Why do we work? Not to get things from God, but because God's already given us everything we need and he's with us, okay? But here at Declaration, we give you ways to step into that because we are supposed to love one another, love God, love one another. That's the main, that's the main commandment. So this is, Small group Sunday, is that, I heard somebody say that. Can I say that? Small group Sunday? Small group Sunday. Small group Sunday, that's, that's why it's celebratory, okay? That's why we're excited because small groups, they officially start next week, but you can get in there and, and pray and ask the Lord, which one should I be in? And then when you, when you sign up for a small group, commit. It's really important to commit. What does that mean? That means don't go half the time. Don't go every other week. Go every week unless there's, I mean, things happen. We know, but commit, commit to the people in the group. That's really, really important. That's part of choosing God. The, the majority of the ministry that happens 
at declaration happens in small groups. The majority. We prayed, we prayed for uh, miracles. I, I believe they're going to happen. I really do. I can't wait to hear testimonies. But that should be every small group every week. Who needs something? Let's pray. Next week, follow up. What happened? And then share that because the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. If you want to connect to Declaration Church, you must be in a small group. I'll just say it that way. If you're not in a small group, it's going to be hard for you to connect. It really will be. The second way, serving God. Now, you can serve God here. We have serve teams, but it's not just here. This is, this is one day a week, maybe, okay? We're supposed to be serving God out, serving God and therefore serving people. Loving God and therefore loving people. And then the third way, sow in. I'm referring to money. I know, pastors always got to talk about money. Here we go. You ready? Declaration doesn't need your money. We don't. We already read, God said, I've got it all anyways. So we don't need your money, but you need, your heart is where your treasure is. And I believe you spend money on what really matters to you. You, you put money what, on what really matters. You need to sow into the kingdom. You can sow in here. And I'm not just talking about tithing. Tithing is returning. Okay, 10% of your income, tithing, is returning to God what is his. I'm talking about above and beyond that. Sow into the kingdom. Again, you can do that here. You can do that other places as well. Okay, I'm talking about giving generously, giving over and above the tithe. Sow in. Invest. Those are three easy ways that you can choose today to begin walking in obedience. Nicely done. I want to I want to end with this. So that's three easy ways for you to choose today. And guess what? To join a small group, you, you, might have to, you might have to whittle some things away from your, from your schedule. To serve God, you may have to be, we may have, we may have to be more aware when we walk into Walmart than just trying to get our stuff and go. To sow in, we might have to, we might have to get rid of some things that are taking our money, that we're putting money into, so that we can give money to God. But we serve a good God and he blesses all of that. We can't outgive God. We can't do it. Whatever we give to God, he, he gives back in that area. Go ahead and stand up. We're going we're gonna to go into one more song. We're going to have prayer teams. Um, this week, we're going to come to the front because we've got a lot of things going on back there. So, so if you are part of the prayer team, just make your way to the front. And I want to really encourage you in this moment. And I know it might be tough to come forward. I, I get that. But no one's, no one's looking at you. Everyone's got their eyes closed worshiping. So... 
you're going to be fine. If you, if something struck you today to, for you to say, God, I need that, or I need help there, or I need whatever. I want to choose, but I need help in choosing. Or I've chosen, but help me where I'm not, whatever it may be. Come forward and let these guys pray with you and agree with you. And God will move. Let me pray over you and then these guys are going to lead us. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this moment. I thank you for this time. I thank you for this morning. I thank you for every heart in this room. God, would you move in this moment? Would you begin right now showing us from now on what we can do to choose you more in our lives, to make adjustments for you more in our lives? Would you do that right now in this moment? And would you bring faith and hope and love and joy in this moment? Amen.